Every business has 10 problems at any given time that need to be solved. And the way we solve our problems is by asking questions and getting answers that help us to get to the next step, to get into action and try things. Because we can't just solve problems in thought, we need to actually take action. And to help you get into action, to help you feel confident and provide clarity so you know what to do next, I am hosting two free, completely free, live Ask Me Anything sessions on May 21st and May 22nd. They are divided by pre-launch. If you haven't launched yet, I'll take questions about that. And then post-launch, if you have a business and you're ready to grow it, or maybe you have questions about whether you checked all the boxes correctly, I'll focus on those questions. And to register totally free, you go to foodbizsuccess.com forward slash AMA 2024. Get yourself registered. You can come to one or both of them. And it's a way for you to get to know me and my expertise after working with hundreds of packaged food brands and helping them launch and scale to 100K and beyond, this is a great way for you to come and ask that burning question so you get an answer and can move forward and get more success more quickly. When we get into motion and action, we see success and we get momentum. So come join me, get yourself registered, The link is also below in the description. See you there. Welcome to Your Food Business Success. This podcast is for early stage entrepreneurs in the packaged food industry ready to finally turn that delicious idea into reality. I'm your host, Sari Kimball. I have guided hundreds of food brand founders to success as an industry expert and business coach. And it's gotta be fun. In this podcast, I share with you mindset tools to become a true entrepreneur and run your business like a boss. Interviews with industry experts to help you understand the business you are actually in and food founder journeys so you can learn what worked and didn't work and not feel so alone in your own journey. Now let's jump in. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. How are you guys? I am just getting back. Today is my first day back from a two-week vacation. It was incredible. I have never taken that much time, maybe ever, but certainly not as an entrepreneur. And it was a real gift. And it honestly took some grit to actually rest. Now I did have a couple of working days. I actually did have a work retreat where I was able to go and really work with some amazing women who are my engines, who are my posse, my squad. And we get together, we've gotten together now twice in a year. And Uh, We get together and we mastermind and we help each other with our businesses. We give ourselves work time to really focus on what matters. And this time is so invaluable. If you are a business owner, you need to be doing this kind of work yourself. And it can be really hard to set aside that time for you, right? Where you're in the middle of your business, you're working in your business, not on your business. And 
it's so hard when you're in your space and all the day-to-day things are happening and you have your personal life and it's really hard to create that space mentally. And so I always recommend if you can get away, even if it's just a retreat of one, that's actually how I started food business success. I took myself to a two-day corporate retreat and holed up in a hotel the weekend after Thanksgiving. And I was able to really focus and get everything out onto paper of what I wanted to teach, what that program was going to look like, and uh, how I needed to start promoting that and all the things. So Give yourself that gift, um, especially as we are heading into the back half of the year. It's going to be so important, both for the holidays, right? The holiday boot camp actually starts today. And I'm so excited. The content is going to be incredible. And we have some awesome guests coming. And I am going to put the boot camp up as a standalone product that you can purchase. So stay tuned for that. If you are listening after the fact and you're like, no, I need this. Uh, This will be a really great tool for you and a great strategy to employ every year for the holidays by getting that boot camp. And then in Master Your Business, we're going to be talking about the end of the year planning and planning for 2024. Whoa, so crazy. But give yourself some strategic accountability, either book a trip, get to a hotel, even if it's just a local hotel, (laughs) and you can just get away or book a room in a co-working space, and you're going to be there for a full day or two days. Whatever you can do, if you have a squad, if you have a group, people who are doing similar things that understand the general business model and can really help support you, that you can help each other, it is just the most productive time. So that was awesome. I also just took downtime. I was with my best friend in Seattle, and I got to see her and her husband and her daughter, and it's didn't exactly go all the way that we planned. Um, Her daughter ended up getting sick on the very first day I got there. And so that first week was um, a lot of triage and it was kind of serious. And so the whole thing of like the trip that we had imagined was not to be. And that's life, right? And I think we both did a really great job of just allowing it and saying it's okay. This is what it is. What can we do? And I also just took care of myself, right? And just gave myself space to rest. And it was an incredible trip. So I'm coming back very rested and refreshed and excited for the holiday boot camp, excited for Master Your Business to start up again. We start on September 19th. And so get on the wait list. I will be opening it soon. And if you are on the wait list, you get a special offer. So you definitely want to do that. You can go to masteryourbiz.co or just go to the regular homepage website and you'll find it on there. And I have some projects with the book and some speaking engagements and things are just exciting right now in my business, plus the whole reinvention coaching. It's just been so much fun and I'm so grateful and I'm grateful for you to be here listening. And as you may know, you may have heard from last week that for three months, I am opening up Fuel as a standalone 
product. So usually in order to get inside my membership, Fuel, which is our community of other foodpreneurs, other people building businesses just like yours, the one you're thinking about doing or the one you already have, I usually only allow you to get in by purchasing food business success and having the full course. And so I'm trying something new. I thought I want to open it up because I do get requests from people saying, you know, I don't necessarily need the course. I'm farther along than that, but I love the community and I want access to you, Sari. I want access to your brain. I want to be part of this awesome community. And so here is your chance. And you can go to uh, foodbizsuccess.com forward slash fuel, or just go to the main website and click on food business success. And you'll see that option in there. And what was so crazy, you know, that you're in alignment with what you're supposed to be doing is as soon as I had put together the page and the offerings, and you can actually just do the monthly, which is $57 a month. Or if you want to commit and you save a little bit of money, you can do a six month uh, membership. You save a month and you get automatically upgraded to VIP status. Or you can even add on some one-on-one calls with me. There's an option. In any case, I just put together all the offers, the pages, all the things, and somebody emailed me with that exact thing and said, I don't need the full program. How can I work with you? How can I just get the membership? And I was like, actually, yes, you can. Here's the link. And now she's in the membership. And that was so cool. So take advantage of this. And on today's podcast... I am giving you a recording from our Fuel VIP call. So as I mentioned, it's $57 a month. That does not include VIP. You have to wait three months to get into that, or you can add that on when you go to checkout. Or you can get the six months program and you get five months free and you automatically get upgraded to VIP status, which includes a bonus call with an expert with a colleague, a friend of mine, somebody I know in the industry that is like, they're my go-to person. They have been well vetted. I have relationships with all of these people and they have incredible insight and knowledge and expertise. And so it's kind of a, it's not webinar style. Like we all come in and we hear the presentation, but then it's just open to questions and you get to talk to this person in ways that you normally would never have access to for free as part of Fuel and your VIP status. And this is on top of our two group coaching calls, our power hour, and I'm adding a bonus mindset call for August, September, and October to really help you through what I think is a challenging time. What I hear from other brand founders that now is a challenging time to get through their business. So I'm offering those bonus calls inside Fuel. So today's podcast is a recording from our June VIP call. And this call featured Christine Carey, and she is the founder and creator of Brand Guide, and she is a master brand strategist. She works with so many incredible CPG brands, really helping them hone in their strategy and tell their story better, which increases your sales. This is the work that we don't think about. We think if we just offer the most amazing product, people will buy. And then you put up your website and then it's crickets, like your friends and family all buy in the first week or two. And then you're like, 
okay, now where are the sales? Nothing's happening. It is through this work of honing in your brand story, your founder's story, really creating a brand strategy that that's where the sales to strangers come from. That is how you get your message and how people start aligning with you and saying, yes, I want your product. So without further ado, this is the recording from that call. And you're going to hear Christine's amazing presentation. And you're also going to hear from some of our Fuel members who were on the call and asked their question directly to Christine, got answers, and you're going to hear their questions and Christine's answers, which is really fun. You'll get to hear me coach as well. So this will give you a lot of insight into what Fuel is like. And then you got to come join us. It's a monthly membership. It's $57. And it could change everything for you as you head into the back half of 2023. Without further ado, let's jump in. All right. Welcome everybody to the Fuel VIP call for June. I'm so excited to have our VIP expert guest here today, Christine Carey. I'll let her do a little intro, but um, she and I have been getting to know each other. We're we're both here in Denver and Denver Boulder area. And uh, she's been doing brand guide for a number of years and running her own business, helping brands with their positioning and strategy. Um, But she recently actually took a new position with Naturally Boulder. Uh, She's now the executive director. So um, so she and I, because I'm the executive director for Colorado Food Works, so she and I will be doing more stuff together here in, in Colorado. But... Um, exciting to have her in that role. And but we still get her in her <laughs> marketing branding capacity. Um, so what I asked Chris Christina introduce yourself a little bit and then dive in. And I really wanted to bring somebody on. I've been looking for the right person to talk about like your positioning and everything, but also just telling your story as both the the business and the founder, you guys who <laughs> like to hide behind your products. So um, so I'm excited to have Christine here. So welcome and tell us a little bit more about what you do. Thank you so much for the invitation to chat with you and all your members. Um, super exciting. Um, so um, as she said, I, you know, really, I have my own company called Brand Guide, and I've been working with startup and emerging brands to really help with that brand positioning, that brand strategy, the messaging, how you talk, what you say, et cetera. And really going beyond your products because, you know, like she said, it, it it's so much more than your products. You have to tell a bigger story to really bring in consumers that are attracted to you personally, attracted to, yes, your product, but really the problem that you're solving. Um, I've had my business for about seven years now, and um, I was also in-house at small startup companies. So I was at my shelter, Masuticals and Healthy Scoop and Frontier Co-op or Acacia and, you know, wearing a lot of different hats, doing a lot of different things, just like you guys. My focus obviously was marketing and branding, but I really understand, you know, bootstrapping. I understand grassroots, the DIY, all those pieces. But the important element that I've always highlighted is is know your story and tell your story. And once you do that, you can really connect um, to your consumers. So what I thought would be good um, is to kind of talk to you today about kind of a 
uh, brand positioning framework. I do have some slides. I promise I'll go up and down so that we're not just all slide, slide, slide. But I do think sometimes visuals help. And I have some bullet points that I'll send you guys this, I'll send, sorry, the slides, but that you can look through because I give kind of some execution points for you guys. If you haven't really put together your brand positioning, you know, in a really strong way yet, this will be super helpful. So I'm going to share my screen. Does anyone have any any questions? Oh, and I was going to say, she'll share a little bit and then we will open it up to you guys as always on these VIP calls. You get to talk and converse and ask questions. So you're welcome to put anything in the chat. I'll help moderate or we we can unmute you. Um, But I always like to keep these. Yeah community collaborative. So, so glad you're here. Um, does anybody have any questions before we get started or we'll just jump right in? All right. Awesome. So All right. I'm going to share my screen. All right. So, um, I did want to just like quickly show, you know, the kind of idea that I was saying that, um, I've worked and done a lot of the DIY packaging photo shoot, copywriting, website, logo design, brand identity, colors and fonts, um, working with outsourced PR or outsourced designers. So I really understand all those pieces. So if you have any questions from that perspective, please, again, you know, raise your hand and I'll be happy to answer anything. But I really wanted to highlight a couple of things. You know, when you're building your brand, what really does it mean for your brand to be successful? your brand positioning, I have a framework to talk through, really highlighting your target audience. And I will, you know, vehemently say, everyone is not your target audience. So you have to hone in on it. Brand character is really taking you as the founder and pulling your personality through to the into the brand. Um, even if you're an introvert, there's ways to really build that brand character around you or build that brand character specifically based on who your target audience is. Um, And then really getting that clarity and the consistency for your brand. And last but not least, um, is really going beyond your product. So you can't always talk about just your product. You have to circle around it with with other topics. So, you know, success for your brand is really, in my mind, getting clear direction on who you are, what you do and why you do it. Because a lot of times that's the reason why you get up in the morning, right? It's not specifically like I make this product. It's, it's so much more, it's much bigger picture of being very holistic and it it pushes you out of bed and says, okay, time to go and do this again. But at the same time, once you start really outlining these really key important pieces that I'm going to talk about, you really know that you have a differentiated message and you're not just talking about one specific thing. And then you have something visually engaging because you have to build that, that logo, that website, that packaging and getting that consistency, you know, overall. So I'm going to talk a bit about this framework because I think this framework is really important as you build your business. Um, I've kind of have it in this, you know, pyramid format where you have your vision, your brand purpose, why you started this business booked in with your values, because your values are really important to what the company is. And those values should be talked about within your company. And if you want to relate them specifically to how and why you built your business or if they just want to be the strength of you and potentially down the road, your team, so that you're really kind of connecting all the, the importance to you of, of your business. 
in the middle is more the the tactical the identity the pieces that really ladder up to your vision so your mission like i mentioned what you do how you do it and for who you do it your reasons to believe and this in my mind is really telling your story why do people want to believe in you so you give them some evidence you give them some pointers certifications, your expertise, your background, all those pieces. And then together, all those things start to come together. And then you can build a brand personality because consumers look for like-minded brands. They want to see a personality within the brand so they can connect with it. They can be friends with you and your company. And building that all comes from all those pieces, your vision, your values, and your mission. So I'm going to kind of quickly go through each one of these pieces and highlight what they are. And let's start at vision. It's really, again, your purpose that you see for the future, for the industry, the the things that are really important to you and important to your consumer, but also the industry. So you're trying to wrap everything into one of the reason why you started the business. And it does tie into your values. So the thing I like to say is when you're creating your vision, I do really want you to have something written out. Maybe you have something written out and you want to talk about that in a little bit. I'd love to hear what you have, but it's why did you start the the business, your passion? What are you promising to maybe your category? Because there's innovation that happens and really creating something that's more purposeful in your vision. You don't want to talk about your product specifically. You want to talk about that purpose, that bigger idea and encouraging growth and you're in your dreaming. And so I know in nowadays times, um, you know, we used to say, let's plan for 10 years. How about we just plan for two or three? right? You're just starting. You want to think down the road, but you get that permission to dream and there's nothing wrong with that. And you want to tell people about it. Your brand values are specifically those things that remain true to you. I like to take kind of a list approach. So these are a couple of words that I put, I've put out as examples for your, for values that are important to you and important to your business, but then your, your consumer is really going to connect to them you know, being very authentic or transparency because you talk about your ingredients and your sourcing, you're super friendly or approachable, you know, all those pieces that might be important um, to the consumer of stewardship or what's happening with the environment. And, and those values start to bubble up. I like to say, when you're thinking of your values, think of three, four, five values. We know that there's so many more values that you can pick through, but again, your consumer wants to be very focused and and get the highlights of your business, not all the things of your business, right? So that you can be focused. Mission statement, specifically what you do and who you do it for. So you're being very specific on, you know, the focus and attention of building your business, what's moving your business forward. I'm sure this is a lot of stuff that you talk about because it's very product specific what you make and and for who you make it for. And it shapes your direction. And again, here, I like to really highlight a couple bullet points when you're creating your mission. What is it that you specifically make? Do you make, you know, fresh food? Do you make grab and go food? Do you make a shelf stable 
um, food or beverage, you know, actually having those pieces and talk about what the ingredients or the innovation that you're developing with these products, because then you're looking at quality and pricing and sourcing, and you're really getting down to the, to the important aspects of your mission, because these things will then enlighten you on the content and the messaging that you're going to talk through. So each one of these pieces allows you to focus because a lot of times I know as an entrepreneur, there's all these shiny things that are happening, right? You're always like, I can do this and I can do that. But as soon as you start to put some guardrails on what you do, you focus. It helps you in lots of ways, mentally, so you're not all over the place. Secondarily, from resources, budget, and people, if you're the one that's running the business right now and doing the business, you have to focus. You can't do it all. So once you start to really focus, I think that's an important aspect of success for your business. The one place that I'm not going to really dive deep in, but I'm happy to answer any questions, but really finding the white space and doing a competitive analysis. The one thing that I hear from entrepreneurs a lot um, is, you know, uh, they can kind of name a few competitors and they say they know they've seen them on the shelf or that they don't taste as good or they don't source as well as you do, which is which is fine. But I really want you to get down to the details create a spreadsheet that shows pricing, their sourcing, what ingredients are they highlighting, where, um, you know, what kind of colors are they, they doing, what's their logo look like. So when you are creating your business, you're making sure that if everybody's using blue, you want to use red, right? And that's just a quick highlight of looking at your competitive analysis to know exactly what's happening. Think that, you know, when we're talking about our target audience, and I kind of started with, not everyone is your target audience. Eventually, let's hope that everybody can be your target audience because you grow your business so well that so many people want your product. But I really want to highlight that, you know, there's motivations to, to why someone's going to buy your product. There's key triggers. And there's really the problem to solve. And I think the problem to solve is really the answer to what you do and why you do it, because you're solving your consumer's problem. Maybe it was the problem that you had when you started your business, right? You're like, oh, I don't like this about all these the, the options that I do have. I'm going to make my own product. And that problem to solve should be really highlighted in your messaging. So highlighting some key identifiers for finding your specific um, uh, target audience is what would your what does your brand mean to your target audience? Like truly, is it something that is really important because they're sick and they can't eat or drink certain things, certain ingredients? So that's really important to them. Um, what motivates them? Is it pricing? Is it quality? Is it your give back or your certifications? So again, highlighting those pieces. And then what kind of things trigger your consumer? So again, it's very similar to the motivations, but is it price and quality? Is it where you're selling? Are you selling on Amazon or are you selling brick and mortar? Are you just selling direct to consumer? No wrong answer, but you have to know where your consumer is so that you're really, really targeting them. And then, you know, the barriers to entry, again, a lot of times that's price or quality or where you're selling. But as I mentioned, the most important question you can answer is what problem are you solving for your consumer? Because when you know what that problem is, 
that is your conversation to them, that you're helping them solve that problem. And you can focus there your messaging. And then ultimately, you know, what's your next product? What's your product pipeline? And really saying, all right, I know that these are the problems that I'm solving for my consumer and I can really directly address that. Christine, is it always a problem that we're solving? Because I think that's where people can get a little hung up. They're like, I don't know. I'm just, you know, Charles is making a marinade and and helping people speed up their dinner, make it more flavorful. I mean, I can kind of word it in terms of problem, but I think sometimes, I mean, is it always a problem? Like a delicious chocolate bar, right? <laughs> like, what? So Help us understand that a little bit. Yeah, more. I don't, I don't, I wouldn't say it always has to be a problem, but you're providing a solution to something. And the key is also that it's different than what other people are doing because you have to, especially when you're talking, if you're going into retail, when you're talking to a buyer, they're immediately going to say, I have these products. What makes yours different? Why would I bring yours in? Why would I kick somebody else out? So you have to highlight a problem differently that you're solving, a different ingredient, a different way that you're making something, or maybe that you're sourcing it. Because you are right in in one instance that there's so many products out there. How often and how much difference can you make? Well, if you're in a really innovative category or something that you're bringing out, absolutely you can do that. And that's obviously the goal. But a lot of times if you're just making a more flavorful or a better product, those are the things that you do want to highlight because there are a lot of products out there and there's nothing wrong with just making a better tasting something, but highlighting and and that would that would bring us back to that initial piece that you have to tell a story. Because now if you don't have a directly, you know, big innovative difference in your product, you connect with people just by brand story, by your story, by people liking you and going, "Oh my god, you know, that founder, that company is so awesome. I connect with them so well that I'm I'm going to buy their product because I love them and I love their product at the same time. Yeah. And we have to always remember, we, we think that we are rational beings, right? How that quote goes, like, we think we're logical, rational beings and that we're all making decisions based on the facts and, <laughs> and logic. And the reality is we are emotional beings, right? We are, Mm -hmm. we make uh, decisions on feelings and then we back it up later with like, and here's why I did that. (laughs) So over that quote, I don't think I quite got the quote right, but it's like, we think that we are logical beings who sometimes feel, but actually we're feeling beings Mm -hmm. who who sometimes think. (laughs) Well, and I would say that that the target audience piece um, really aligns with your reasons to believe. So having certifications and aspects, there's a rational reason for someone to buy a product and an emotional reason. And a lot of times you have to bring them together or depending on your product, hit one more than the other, because it depends on the type of product that you have and how people are purchasing. So what does the what does your brand again mean to them? And what are those you know, triggers that are going to get them to buy? So if it's emotional, if it's more about a mental state, health and wellness, you know, getting something that they're really interested in eating, then you can have that emotional tie to it. If it's rational, then you know that could be truly quality pricing, you know, convenience of where you're buying something, because then they're like, this is just so easy for me. I, I buy it here. I shop here, I buy this here. Um, so as I was mentioning, tying into reasons to believe, reasons to believe are your is your brand promise. 
It's what makes you um, tell people to believe in you. How has them? It's something that's very relevant. It's certifications. It's your unique selling proposition. It is that differentiator that we've just been talking about. Because you know, for a consumer, they're getting all this stuff all the time. Just as much as you as an entrepreneur are getting so much stuff, consumers are being inundated with information. And so you want to give quick snippets and reasons to believe. Do that. So reasons to believe can be, especially in our industry backed by science, ingredients, probiotics, you know, um, mushrooms, all those pieces that need some science behind them, sharing that or doing some scientific, you know, um, research on your own products to do that. Reviews and testimonials as you start out are super, super valuable and super important. And, you know, as the founder, all you do is have to ask, like, please, you know, do a review and testimonial on your website, have an easy um, app Yatpo on your on your website so that people can immediately do a review. You get to review that before it goes live. So if someone doesn't like someone, it's great feedback for you. But yet you can put all these other positive things up there. I also think, you know, a lot of reasons when I said it's the things that get you out of bed, like if you have category experience, ingredient experience, product development experience, you really need to highlight like that. Tell your story. Don't be afraid because people want to know who you are. People, if I go to a website that doesn't really show me or talk about who the people are, the team or the founder, I'm less interested in being in, uh, in, involved with that company or purchasing the product because I don't get a connection to them. So really highlight, um, you know, emphasize that telling your story is really an important, an important piece. Awards. Now, a lot of time when you're first starting out, awards, you have to apply for stuff. You have to watch for it. You have to say there's a magazine that's doing an award or there's, you know, some something within the industry or within Naturally Boulder or Colorado Food Works. You know, there's awards that happen. You have to apply for them. I highly recommend, again, applying for them because once you get that third party recommendation, same thing with certifications, people believe you. People believe what you're putting out there because someone else is, is making you trustworthy. Someone else is providing relevant um, background to say you should trust these people. And it makes you very authentic. And, you know, those stories really inspire people to really connect with you. And I can't emphasize, you know, the, the storytelling enough. And sometimes that sounds a little bit kind of big, but you can just just you know, your history of why you started the company is one of the easiest thing to put on your website and share with your consumers. All right. So all of that stuff comes together. And this is probably the most fun part of building your business, um, unless you really love product development. So then maybe you like that too. Um, but from a brand and marketing perspective, for me, it's like really creating the personality. It's adding some tone of voice. It's adding colors. It's it's doing fonts. It's like doing all those pieces. And a lot of that stuff, you can DIY it. You can work with freelance designers to, to get these pieces. But you're really looking at aspects of building your business based on your company vision, the products and services that you're offering, your target audience, what kind of what kind of things are they interested in? Do they want a really approachable company or maybe a very educational company, you know, from you? Really doing that competitive analysis, I think that's super important. And then really kind of your own gut reaction like are you super approachable, super friendly, are you confident? 
So here's another kind of list. I like lists, as you can see, but it gives you the tools to say, well, you know, we want to be an approachable company or we're very innovative. We're doing new, new things like we're very visionary. So when you start to put these words down, now you have a personality that when you're creating content, any of the storytelling about your products, just about the problem to solve, your difference, what makes you different, you can start to talk in more of a visionary um, you know, uh, vocabulary. So being really interested in saying, this is what we're doing down the road, or this is why we did something right now, and that passion will really come across. So again, looking at these kind of words, picking four or five, and again, staying the course with those so that you really aren't having a split personality, right? Because if you're trying to say that um, maybe you personally are an introvert, but you want your company to be um, very charismatic, you start kind of being more introverted in your voice. Now your consumer's like, I'm not, I'm not sure what they really are, and they get confused. So really, again, honing in on a couple things to drive your direction. All right, so I'm going to do a quick little pause um, and kind of ask questions on that brand pyramid. So, you know, kind of some ideas towards your vision and your mission and really kind of making sure that those two definitely are separate. Vision is your purpose, why, and your mission is what you do. Does anyone have any questions or some thoughts on what your vision and mission are? I love this so much, Christine. I think everybody knows like inside, like, yeah, I know I should have those things, but it's hard to do. It's hard to set aside the time and there's things that feel so much more important. And this is actually exactly where we start in Master Your Business, my next level program, where we start with that. And I really help people question it and evaluate it and say like, is that really what it is? Or is it this? And we get really clear and we make decisions and then we can move on. And people have been like, oh, it's so nice. Now I have a filter and that just seemed too daunting to do on my own. I really needed to do that with a container of a coach and the support inside the program. Well, and it kind of seems easy, you know, but when you really start to, when you look at the list, you're like, well, I'm like 10 of these things. And I really, the list, I want you to hone it into three, four, five, because the more focused you are, the more, um, you know, um, direct that you can be in your messaging and what you share with one yourself and your team eventually, but also, you know, to your consumer. Yeah. And Charles, go ahead. Yeah, I saw you unmute yourself. So jump in. Hi, thank you. Thank you. And this is very helpful for me. Um, and I guess what kind of resonated with me a little bit is um, what problem are we trying to solve? And, uh, and so um, we're Papa Jack's marinade. So we make marinades at um, help tenderize and flavor your foods. It's kind of a, 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 I would say different than any marinades out there, but, um, you know, in my, I guess I hadn't thought about that because in my mind, I'm thinking that people will know it's kind of self-explanatory, but, um, but I think helping them understand, okay, yeah, it does that, but why is that important to you? Um, I'm starting to think about that. So, um, so I don't, I don't know if I had a question as much as, just the fact that it, it is kind of prompting me to start thinking about that because yeah. I guess it's not self-explanatory. 
necessarily have to kind of help people understand it. Yeah. And I think that it's a really good point. It's not because you're in the business and or you're a great person for marinades and meat and barbecuing and, you know, just making really good food that you have to explain to people like, what, why do I want my meat tenderized? Why do I want to have it marinating for however many hours or overnight? And then when you put it on the grill, when it goes in the oven, like what's the temperature? So I think a lot of people don't know those details. They just know that I should marinate something that I put it in the oven or I put it on the grill. And you can provide those details because now you've honed in on the fact that really your differentiator is that you're tenderizing, you're putting more flavor into it. And this is how you can do it. And at the same time, it's a way that you can say that you're offering convenience to people because it's already pulled together right? So they don't have to mix up 10 ingredients. You know, they have it already mixed up for them. Yeah. And I know Charles, you and I have talked about that question before. And it's so funny. I told Christine, I'm like, it feels like I just need somebody else to say it. Cause I was like, I know I've asked these questions to you guys and like, you got to hear it again and again. Right. And you're like, Oh wait, this might be important. time. This time I get it. (laughs) But we've talked about that and your marinade is so unique in that you don't need to marinate it overnight. So here's the thing for everybody is that we, we live it, right? I live my program. I'm like food business success. Why would you be so crazy not to do this? But you guys, I have to explain all of the benefits, right? And you got to do the same thing. Like, why is like, we think people know all the things that are in our heads, but they don't, Mm -hmm. they're worried about their heads. (laughs) They got a lot (laughs) going on, right? And they're walking through a farmer's market and there's a million other things. And you got to be able to like very concisely explain what it is you do, how you solve the problem, how, you know, tap into those triggers, all the, all those good things. So, so good. Uh, Kirati, you have your hand up. Uh, Yes. So the product that I am making is something that people don't know. So I have to start from introducing it and then how good it is for you. Um, but how do you like have all of those things in like one small pitch? You know, I don't have like their attention. I'm not going to have their attention for like 10 minutes. Um, so what I make is water lily seeds. They're popped. But most of the time when I'm talking to the customers, they're like, oh, we've never heard of anything like this. And I'm like, okay, let me explain to you what it all is. Um, and if you could please um, give any guidance in, as sure. to I think the important part, which I was kind of getting to is really focusing. So a lot of times I'll just use an example. There might be 10 things that are really important about your product, right? But you want to highlight five of them because one, it's better for you. You're focused resource wise. You can tell a very focused messaging, but also for your consumer, very much to your point, like you don't have enough time to tell them all 10 things, but if you tell them the five things that are the priority, then they really get it. So my question to you would be, what is the real benefit to those seeds? And then how does that, um, you know, solve kind of the, the problem for your consumer or kind of give them an idea of this idea that no one else is doing something like this. So what an excellent experience for them to try something new and, and kind of get on a new, you know, step in a different direction. For you, Karate, I would say anytime you have an unusual product or something new, right, that most people haven't heard of, is to do that comparison thing, right? It's like this and this. So you're, you got to like bridge a visual imaginary gap in their brain because 
Cause yeah, they're, they're just seeing it and they're like, I'm, I'm not, what is this like? You know? And so it's like, it's, you know, you got to have two things that people are going to know that you kind of marry together. If that helps. Gotcha. I think that would be a really quick like... way to get them. Oh, that, that's a, that's a really, really good point because if people don't know what it is and you try to tell them what it is, then they're still kind of lost right. potentially. Yeah. Uh, Amber, you have a question? Actually, not so much a question. I just wanted to share. I, I love what you're saying, Christine, and really appreciate the validation because we really have, uh, I actually have a lot of fun as we've grown the last few years and going to markets and events and trying to kind of play a guessing game with people, right? So I have like people that'll come up and specifically ask. They love our packaging, our products. We make all natural syrup, started it on, on our breakfast foods, and then we discovered that we love it in just about everything. So I'll have people that come up and my logo is our kids. My oldest daughter drew our uh, logo. So I'll have people that come up and just love the packaging and the logo and ask specifically to tell our story. So then I immediately go into more of our story and how we started versus talking about our products. Whereas I have other people that are like, eh, I don't, I don't eat pancakes. I don't eat waffles. And I see they have a cup of coffee in their hand and I'm like, great. It's wonderful in your coffee. This is a great flavor for your coffee. So it's, it's been a lot of fun for me to kind of see what people are, are doing and, and kind of direct them in the right direction based yeah, on Yeah, I think that. a lot of, you know, consumers, they want to know about you. They want to, you know, connect with you because it's exciting, especially people who are early adapters because they, they like to find new companies and they like to see what's happening and, and be involved in that and, you know, really kind of support you. All right. We'll Absolutely. take uh, Debbie's question and then we'll keep moving on uh, and then we'll have time. Hi. Um, thanks, Christine. I'm really enjoying this. My business is all about promoting health and wellness through natural skincare. Um, so all my products do not have any synthetics or no synthetic uh, fragrances or preservatives, anything like that, which has been, which is shown to be dangerous for us. A lot of it, all the stuff that people re react to. So as I put my story together, both um, in my founder story and, you know, why I started it and also just in general messaging, I sometimes feel like I go towards the doom and gloom side. Yeah, lots of problems to solve. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like sometimes in, in, in the whole, the whole, um, my brand is all about like health and wellness and fun and just like happiness. And then I feel like I have this almost like alter ego where like this stuff is going to kill you. Uh, so I don't know how, sometimes I feel like I'm always just like really torn between the messaging, like being like really helpful, um, you know, for people's health and also maintaining that uh, warm, inviting, I think nurturing is, is one of the, the words that I have as, you know, the tone to use. So, yeah. So how do you marry the two? Sure. Um, first, first I would say you have beautiful glowing skin. Um, and so I, I, I love the idea of being really nurturing and, um, really helping people. And I think that that's the stance you should take. Tell everybody why the, the, your products are good, that you can glow and kind of tell people like, you know, hey, you know, you can be gorgeous with these beautiful products and really talking on that positive stuff. 
the the sideline aspect of like the things that are wrong, you can let other people say that also because you know the environmental working group, um, Skin Deep, they talk about all the things that are bad about skincare, and you don't have those products, those ingredients in your products. So it's almost like letting someone else tell the bad stuff and you tell all the good stuff. Yes, you can talk about some of it because I, you know, I was at my Sheldon Pharmaceuticals and we did talk about the bad things, you know, with the products. But at the same time, for the most part, we were basically saying, you know, that we would help you glow and that we had the right ingredients, you know, that were good for your skin, that, you know, it wasn't anything that was bad. And so we would have a little bit of conversation there, but it was always super positive. And so because I feel like your personality is really positive, I would stay along those lines so that you don't have that doom and gloom, but you make people aware of the things that you don't include in your products because they are bad. So it's more of an awareness versus a, versus a don't use this. Okay, that, that is helpful. That is really helpful. Um, so more in, in focusing on the positives and then, you know, I guess the rest of it, will that story will be told anyway by others. And maybe by elimination, they'll figure that if I'm, not using that stuff, then I'm doing what's healthy for me. Well, and a lot of times you can do kind of, you know, the list of like, our products don't include these things. And quite honestly, then your target audience already knows the reason why those ingredients are bad, right? Because you probably have a a better educated um, consumer because they're looking for ingredients for skincare that doesn't have those bad ingredients. That's super helpful. Thank you. Okay, so I'm going to show you two examples. Um, I think that this will really help because when you when you get to the piece um, within your business that kind of says um, you've got the clarity. Now you can get the consistency in your in your visuals, in your messaging. Um, I worked with this company uh, that was doing frozen entrees. They were an Asian frozen entree company. Um, On the left-hand side, they went directly to a designer and said, we are a frozen Asian company and um, we're going to be doing spiced lamb with quinoa. This is just one of their products and we're going to do some cured salmon with wild rice. And on the left-hand side, what the designer gave them is really something that is just very similar to what everyone else is doing. They had this name Pearl Crescent. Um, it kind of had this idea of like um, really funky with the with the splashes on the side, just kind of this basic image of the product. And then had all these little call outs in there that were very similar to how other people kind of list, you know, what they've got protein or um, I can't read all all the, the details there. But when I saw it, when they came to me, I said, well, what's your, what's your brand story? What's, what's your real purpose, you know, behind what you're trying to do. And, and they gave me much more detail because I pulled it out of them, asked lots of questions and really found out that they were premium product. They were, you know, looking to be more fashionable and more, you know, on the shelf as looking really well. Their products were shrink wrapped so that the flavor stayed in it, so that everything was more crispy when it came out, not mushy, um, really highlighting um, key ingredients of lamb, salmon, and then they had um, a Wagyu beef. And so very premium ingredients. So looking at the first one on the left, you wouldn't know that the product is premium, 
let alone that the ingredients were going to be premium. And on the right-hand side, now you get this flavor of an Asian food. We changed the shape so that it stood out beyond what was happening. Um, this is a Canadian product, so there is English and French, so you kind of see the, um, the difference there. But we also renamed the company so that it was this idea of love and energy. You know, so like that was really what they were trying to achieve, achieve because they have a give back program also um, called, um, I forgot, Cherry Table. Um, and the Cherry Table is basically going to a lot of taking their food and going to homeless shelters to provide you know, meals for people who are less privileged. And so that really came out in the brand discovery and in their brand positioning. So you can see the difference that happened here. This is another company. This is a company out of Michigan, JT's Nutrafeast. It's nutritional yeast was the initial product, but she does a lot of um, fresh salads and it's all plant-based. But on the left, you can see it's very functional, right? And in the plant-based space right now, I mean, you got to liven things up. You got to bring some more idea and color to it. And this is just the intro to it because we're working on the sales sheet, the website, all the rest. But you can see what we did is we added fresh vegetables. We added the word deli because that's really where the focus is and the ingredients are powered by the nutritional yeast. So it brings this function with a tagline of plant-powered grab-and-go. Lots more details there. So it's highlighted, instead of having this word Nutrafeast, which sounds, in my mind, a little odd, you get this idea that this is a deli grab-and-go company. And that wasn't being achieved before because they didn't have the guardrails. They didn't have the brand position that said, what do we make? And who is this for? This is a younger market. Grab-and-go convenience is important. Um, and really looking at the nutrition um, aspect of it. So there's a little bit of education that comes in this category, which I'm sure for all of you it does. Education is really important. But you can see that once you get those guardrails, you can build something you know, from a consistency, authenticity with your brand identity that really starts to come to life. So kind of being able to show you what the before and after is, again, really um, acknowledges that by putting together your brand positioning, now you have a force, one, for if you're doing the creation, maybe it's in Canva, maybe you're an artist, you can work in you know, Adobe, you are creating all that stuff. Or if you're working with a freelance designer or your son or a friend who's ever doing the design, you give them a, a brief, a creative direction that says, this is who we are. And now they have some direction that says, well, this is more refined. This personality is more charismatic or more educational or more innovative or all those things that really allow that brand identity to come across. Yeah, so it. are there any questions on the visual identity aspect that that is, is um, kind of burning for you guys? Um, because I think that that piece is, is really an important aspect in reason to believe in all the things that we've just talked about. And I'll just remind everybody that we have basically that brief in module two in the branding for food business success, where it's that it's all of these things we've talked about, the brand voice and the competitive analysis and taking that all. And if you give that to, I mean, I don't care if you're working with a designer on Fiverr, 
that's going to help them so much. And of course, if you're working with a designer like Christopher, who has come to VIP call before, like either way, giving somebody something. Because I think what we do is we're just like, I don't know, it's in my brain, but we don't put any words around it. We don't describe it. And then we just kind of hope that this designer will figure out what's in our brain. That <laughs> rarely Yeah, happens. and I think a lot of times the expectations for what a designer can do or what they know about you, um, you know, can be really high when you're when you're meeting with someone. You're like, oh my God, I'm gonna work with a designer and I'm gonna get something really great. But it's really incumbent on you to give them the right road path, the right path for them to then give you something really good. Yeah. I love it. Let's go ahead and move on to um, the next piece because I definitely want to be sure we talk about like telling your story and that and those pieces. All right. So one more piece that I think is really important. So going beyond your products, talking more than feature benefit of your products and really building content. So this is something that's much more tactical. So I like to call it the 30-60-10 content strategy. And when you're building your content, when you're writing um, information for your website, for social media, for any you know pieces that are going to go and be consumer facing, really what you want to be able to do is start with 30% being content that you create. It's very original. It's stories about you, the founder, your team, your reason why, the problem that you're solving, you know, the day in the life of you, the day in the life of, you know, your product moving through, you know, kind of production and all those pieces, super fun information, but it's original content to you. 60% of it is curated content. So as you're starting your business, the thing that happens is that you don't have a lot of fan base, right? So you're trying to build up your fan base and curated content, borrowed content from other people, influencers, news trends, other social media posts, like-minded brands that aren't competitive to you. Sharing that content on your blog, in your social media space really helps you now connect with their fans because that starts to um, populate when you're sharing that content. So any kind of news trends, news jacking is what I like to call it, user generated content. I flipped that. It should be UGC. Um, recipes for your product. So, you know, talking about, Charles, when you're talking about your marinades, like what does that look like? What things should someone do with the meat? How much should they, you know, use? How long should they cook it for? And what's a side dish that would go with that, with that offering? Um, any kind of tips, tricks, lists. I love lists, as you guys saw, you know, that kind of stuff is super, super help, helpful when you, when you share it. My advice, though, when you share something, include a sentence or two of why you thought it connected to your brand, why you really liked it. Oh, my God, I tried this recipe. Also, you've guys got to, you've got to try it. Or I saw this amazing trend on barbecuing or on beauty, and I really think it applies. And so you share that. But you say something before instead of just sharing it so your consumer kind of sees why it's important. That last 10%, and this is going beyond your product, the last 10% is when you sell your product. 
It's your call to action. It's your selling of your services and your products. Because realistically, if you're always telling people that your product is 20% off or this is the product that's on sale now, that's all they're thinking of, of for you, that your product's on sale. So you have to tell the stories, the 30 and 60%, which is really 90%. And it really is selling your business, selling your product, but doing it in a roundabout way that's really inviting to your consumers. So I know when it sounds like 10% seems so small, it really isn't because that other 90% is selling you and your products. So I think that when you're thinking of the content to really think of like you, tell your story, tell some history, tell what you did in the past and why all of a sudden you're starting your own business now, because people love to be involved with new companies. They like to be the first ones to talk about it. You want advocates, you want, you know, people who are really loyal to you, but you've got to get them to connect with you beyond your products. 100%. Yay. (laughs) Preach. And you said something earlier too, like, I mean, content is social media, but it's also your website. It's your emails. It's all of those things. And, um, I agree with you hundred percent as a small, if I'm looking at a small brand and they don't have an about page with a photo of themselves, it's a turnoff for me. I'm like, listen, you're not a big brand. You're not <laughs> some big product, yeah. right? Like Indeed. I want to see Indeed. you. I want to see what's behind this. Like, um, just as a human, I think we're just drawn to other humans, right? And we want, I don't care about the product as much as like, let's build a relationship. And this is what we're talking about here, right? Is building a relationship. And you guys are all small brands. You don't get the luxury of like some legacy brand, you know, awareness. Like you're not Heinz ketchup. Okay. So they don't have to show the face, although they probably are right. Like they're showing the history. So get dirty with it, get down and show us the you, the real you. Um, We had our TikTok class, uh, fuel VIP call last month. And just that we know that when you just show your face and you're showing the behind the scenes and it's like kind of gritty and it's not highly performative or, you know, that's, those are the things that people connect with. And, and, you know, I would say, you know, a lot of times potentially what's going through your head is that you're, you, you can't put together a professional video or you, or you don't have the ability to put together a professional kind of banner or overview. It doesn't have to be so buttoned up. That's one of the things that's like people love when things are just really done, you know, personally so that they can see that you did it or it doesn't, and it just doesn't have to be perfect. So Try not to um, not do something because you think it should be perfect because you're probably all A plus, A plus, 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 you know, people that it doesn't have to be, it could be a B plus project. We talk about doing B minus work over here. There you go. <laughs> yeah. I gave you a B plus. Go for the B, B minus. Yes. It's good enough. But, yes, it's got to ship. Just doing something that, you know, you don't have to be so detailed that, you know, you're like, oh my God, I, I did something wrong put something out there and get the feedback because the feedback is the better part of doing something rather than doing nothing because you thought it should be an A plus project. That's how to rate and make it better. Yeah. Stephanie, welcome. Come on in. Hi, this has been really great. Thank you for being here, Christine. I have uh, two questions. I think I already know the answers, but um, on the 90% 
of content. Uh, on that 90%, would you, do you also suggest, I mean, a link to the product? Uh, like if it's a, you know, if it's a email going out and it's not about selling, I mean, should you have a shop now button at the bottom or should you just so I'm not saying to like totally get rid of the actual buy or shop aspect of it because that's what you're doing. You're selling products, right? So as an example, if you shared um, in your email, you know, a really cool recipe, you know, about um, a whole meal, maybe it's the main encores and an appetite, whatever it is. And one of your products is good to fit in there. Absolutely sell that product in there and provide that link. But what I'm trying to say is that your email shouldn't start out with, buy this product. Your your email should start out with more of a story of like having friends and family over or the backyard barbecue or the birthday party celebration, whatever that is. And by the way, buy my product. And you did that perfectly, Stephanie, with your last email with the ice cream and the your fat kid cookie co, <laughs> uh, all the, the cookies on top. So I think that was a great I'm working, I'm working on it uh, constantly. Um, okay. So then the next question I have is about actually the thing about telling your own story. I have, uh, I definitely have an about section on my website and actually I have gotten great feedback on that. And when people do hear my story, I always get really nice responses, which is so great. And I have had people say like, I want to carry your product because of your story. I also know that I am not good at putting myself in front of the camera and I am never in any of my, I mean, it's just, I just, it's hard. So, um, so going to that and telling your story, like say on social or on the emails, I think I can sort of handle that part of it, but when it's on social and you're telling your story, so I mean, you know, I don't want to give like a 20 minute story uh, on Instagram. Um, So you do like little blurbs at a time, maybe. And would you share those as stories? How, How would you go about actually sharing them? Sure. I I think you can do stories and you can do as posts. So if video is problematic for you, that's okay. You can take photos. People like to see photos at the same time. And it could be three, you know, snaps of photos of you doing something versus just one. Um, And then maybe you work slowly into video. Um, So I'm not saying that you have to, again, do all that stuff. If that's just really not your jam, because, you know, I don't want you to feel awkward. I don't want you to feel anxiety and stressed out because you probably have enough stress and anxiety, you know, on just running your business that focus on what you know you could do that could really, you know, um, acknowledge for yourself that you're the, you're the founder and you want to tell that and allows the consumer to get connected to you. What you said about getting good feedback on your story is amazing and wonderful. And that is, is really good for other people to hear because again, consume, we're humans, exactly what she said. We're all humans. And because we want that connection, especially in a time where we haven't had any connection, the more you can get yourself out there, the more that people will want to connect with you. And I would just offer for everyone is like, let's start micro dosing this stuff. Like you don't need to go from where you're at right now, Stephanie, where you're like, I'm never in front of the camera to like, hi, I'm always here. It's always me. Right. But I am going to challenge you to 
take a selfie with the ice cream with the cookies on top. And maybe you throw that in at the end of the video, right? Or at the end of something. And and so we start to just add layer that in and maybe treat it like an experiment. Like what if you actually started, you did it for 30 days and kind of see what response you're getting. And my guess is you're going to get an even better response when your face is in there. And it doesn't mean you have to go and share the whole story like verbatim. And by story, I think it's just like, it is the founder story, of course, but it's also just you living in the world. I love the microdose idea, the bite size idea, because, you know, when I started my business, I didn't like to be in front of the video at all. You know, I was doing a little education courses and it would take me 10 times to record something before I got it to what I thought was okay. Today, I, I feel so much better and at ease talking in groups like this, but it's taken me years to do that. So I had to start in bite sizes, yeah. you know, and, and it's really a great way for your, all of you to start if that's, again, not your jam, because, you know, it, it takes time yeah. to do it and how to do and, it. And just like Debbie said, yeah, maybe you start with voiceovers, right? And again, let's just get B minus work, you know, just get something out there and like I said, go back and look on anybody's feed from way back. You know, you're looking at where some brand that is like where you want to be, but they started somewhere too. And, and so start with the voiceover, start with one clip of you in the video, right? It doesn't have to be you the whole time. So just start, take a little, little piece. And I remember when my coach said, Sari, you're going to do, you know, a video every day on Facebook like five years ago. And I was like, Oh my gosh, like I was freaking out. Right. And I did it and I was challenged to do it. And I did it anyway. And now like, come on, now you can't get me off. (laughs) You see me all everywhere. Right. So, but there was a time when that was really scary. I didn't, I didn't like doing it either. I can do it. You can do it. Well, gosh, we are right at time. And this has been amazing. Thank you so much, Christine. Um, We will definitely put this in the replay. And I'll also put um, this in module two as well. And yeah, here's Christine. She put her information in the chat. So if you want to reach out to her, um, you've just done amazing work. And I know you're out there in the, the big leagues. So we really appreciate you coming and spending time inside Fuel. Thank you so much. You guys have such great opportunity ahead of you and I wish you all the best. All right. Thanks everybody. See what I told you? Incredible, right? I mean, you get to get your business questions answered and walk away with more clarity, make decisions, know that you are on the right track. There is just no better feeling than that. And let us be your fuel to help fuel your business. Let us be your engines. So if you want to get inside, go to foodbizsuccess.com forward slash fuel. I would love to see you inside. Until next time, go tell your story and have an amazing week. The smartest thing you can do as an entrepreneur is to invest in a who to help you with the how to speed up your journey and help you skip the line. When you are ready for more support and accountability to finally get this thing done, you can work with me in two ways. Get me all to yourself with one-on-one business coaching or join Food Business Success, which includes membership 
Inside Fuel, our community of food business founders that includes monthly live group coaching calls, and so much more. It's one of my favorite places to hang out, and I would love to see you there. Go to foodbizsuccess.com to start your journey towards your own food business success.